ser benfiquistas tem uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão um culto. A coragem, que é a liberdade, que é crer, que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. A alma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dog Benfica podcast, episode number 297 tonight. Here we are uh, ahead of uh, an international break. Usually we don't do this, but since uh, we had the big Classico and of course the, the result was favorable, here we are. Uh, with me tonight, Cristiano Oliveira, as always. Cristiano, diz olá aos senhores. Olá, senhores e senhoras. And uh, Dave de Oliveira, no relations, up in the great white north. And uh, how are you, Dave? I'm not too bad, but I was fooled once again this weekend with uh, Rui Vitoria pulling a fast one on us again. Yeah. For good reasons this time. Cristiano got out uh, got out of wearing the mankini, but uh, you could, didn't get out of uh, having to go on Twitter. So uh, welcome to Twitter. And I told you, I warned you. So don't don't come and complain to me. Man, there was, there was, look, look, there was never a doubt. Uh, in my mind that I was never going to wear that mankini just 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 to get that out there. I, there's no I way in hell stranger things have happened. Obviously, I've been right. So, no way in hell somebody was crazy enough to pay that type of money for Varela. As far as Dave being on Twitter, welcome, my friend. Um, I'm not sure you're going to be too thrilled about it in the next couple of weeks, but as of right now, the honeymoon uh, period, it's uh, you know very nice. So welcome. No, the 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 Twitter Benfiquista family is uh, is very nice. It's full of uh, very nice and and kind and, full and of wonderful people uh, that care about the club, that like to banter. You know, we we love them all. Twenty games later, the twentieth time was a charm. The twentieth time was the charm, and about <laughs> freaking time. And and you know, I want to take all the credit for it because on last week's spot, I think I mentioned it like twelve times repeatedly over and over. Oh for 19. Oh for 19. And so you know he finally cracked that egg and so uh couldn't be happier man. Could not be happier about the result. Could not be happier about the way things went. Could not be happier about the crowd. It was just a fantastic Sunday. Our rivals, our other main rivals lost and tied. It was a perfect uh, perfect perfect Sunday. So it was good. Uh, very happy for Rivitori to finally get on the on the winning side of things here against Football Club Porto. I don't know Benfica that wasn't happy about what just transpired on Sunday. Phenomenal result. Benfica came out uh finally at home um to prove that they you know this is my home territory you got to respect us I mean Fica had the better of the game Porto did a tremendous job of applying pressure they 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 you know pressed very high Benfica was able to move the ball around control the ball there's a lot of turnovers and mistakes but nonetheless it, it's a typical classical game from two big sides and uh the one thing I did like to see as I mentioned before Benfica controlled most of the play and that's one thing I enjoy finally to see a performance like that at the start of the lose against Football Club do Porto, I could not be happier. Yeah, and Dave's got some stats here on Seferovic and uh, and Pizzi. You want to you wanna talk through that, Dave? Yeah, so that's uh, Seferovic's 10th uh, uh, goal in his Benfica career, uh, career and it's his first goal uh, at the Stade de Luz uh, since uh, September 12th of last wow. season when he can, uh, scored against uh, CSKL Moscow in the Champions League. Uh, so he's getting a lot of his goals on the road for uh, Benfica these last uh, two seasons. And uh, Pizzi this year in seven games in the league has uh, four goals and four assists. And look, you got you to gotta tip your cap to Seferovic, a guy that was pretty much on the outside looking in. Um, talking about preseason, didn't get to see a minute on the pitch. Uh, was pretty much told that he was 
surplus. They did not count on him. He was well, I don't know if he was ever told that, but certainly he had he, that feeling, he was, right? He was told to pack his bags. And, he was told uh, that? He was told to pack his bags. Okay. And unfortunately, well, fortunately for him, Jonah's situation um, hurt his back. Then there was obviously other reports that he was leaving. Castillo gets hurt. Everybody gets hurt. And now all of a sudden he gets thrown into the fire. And look, to his credit, He's never stopped believing. He's never stopped working. And he grabbed his opportunities. Like I like to say on a podcast, when you get an opportunity, grab by the horns. And that's exactly what he did. Caval. Exactly. Caval pasó a porta. And he jumped on and he hasn't let go ever since. Yeah. I mean, if you recall, not one single minute during the preseason for Seferovic. So uh, obviously, yes, he, he was he was not a guy that was on top of uh, Rui Vitor's, uh choices for sure. But uh, he, he stuck with it. And and as Cristiano mentioned, when you get that opportunity, you work hard for those opportunities because when it comes knocking, you better be prepared. And he's been prepared and he's been uh, rewarded. But uh, the, the thing that I want to point out, he almost broke both of his kneecaps with that celebration, tore a couple pieces of grass off the field. <laughs> field uh, the grass wasn't as moist uh, and as wet as he thought and he just got caught on the grass and just lifted up a couple of divots hey, at that point for me in my eyes his job was done he put the ball in the back of the net so if he had to come out with an injured knee i wouldn't have minded so <laughs> as long as he put that in the back of the net because he did miss a sitter even though it turned out to be off sides uh yeah and late late first half 42nd minute i believe it so no no one-on-one one-on-one with casillas and he, and he bangs it wide uh, that that had it gone in, it still would have been called back. But look, again, he's worked hard and he's taken advantage of the opportunities, and uh, it's good to see, man. It's good to see. Benfica has a lot of uh, quality on the bench. I know Castillo uh, mentioned this week that practices at Benfica are hard, um, and he's waiting for his opportunity pretty much. And we all know Jonas is back healthy. We know that that dude's a killer. So to see Castillo get the nod from Rivitoria ahead of such talented players week in, week out, you know he's doing something right. But Almeida's always done well against Brahimi. Yeah, you know, talking about Almeida, it's funny that Benfica got a positive result here. They won the game in a big classical, big, you know, big win against a rival at home. I didn't see nobody crying about the armband this weekend. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> just, well, you know, it, it can never be what, what have you done for me lately, right? You got to uh, look at things in, in perspective of uh, of a totality of, of performances. And, and yes, Almeida hasn't had the best... Uh, uh, past couple games, he hasn't done the best, but he's a guy that he, he provides some consistency, and he did well for this game. So uh, nobody crying uh, about uh, Almeida's performance, and uh, I thought that Benfica were, were pretty solid. I thought that we should have created more chances, but uh, just the just the game in general. And Dave, I was looking at some of those that goal point uh, ar um, article that you sent me. Just a, such that atypical uh, game. Uh, or a classical with uh, with a lot of fouls, uh, a lot of a lot of balls that were just hit long. Uh, the team, both teams, not playing the best kind of uh, of football, and very uh, typical for 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 teams that are supposed to be on a on a much higher level uh, because of the talent that they have on a field. But uh, nonetheless, it's always a classic. Was a classic. It's always tight. It's always uh, there's some nerves involved. There's some hesitation involved, and and I understand how things could uh, could turn out at the end. But nonetheless, three points for Benfica, uh, major three points for Benfica, because what this does all this does also is that in case of a, of um, of a tiebreak. Uh, this is the first uh, tie break it's head -to -head. between uh, between the two yeah, but there's teams. There's still one more game to go. Yeah, there's there's one more game, but Bifiga now holds uh, the advantage. So if Bifiga yes. goes up to if the they Dragon, draw ten ten. Yeah. they got the one nothing win at home. Yeah. So obviously they have the upper hand. Absolutely right. Um, we were talking about how El 
both the Benfica and, and Porto team kind of mirror the personality of their coaches. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, the Rui Vitória presser before the game was somewhat uh, he had fire uncharacteristic. He had fire in him. The, he was asked about his record against Porto. And he defended himself. He, he was ready. My man was ready like Dave. He had stats galore to defend himself. He was controlled. Gajo, the reporters had the questions and he had the answers prepared prior. O gajo tinha aquela coisa toda, toda... He had memorized it. He memorized it. He had memorized it. You know how many games Porto had played at the Dragão since Estadio de Luz 15-year uh, history. Uh, he had known how many times Benfica had been in the Champions League. He had known how many times Benfica had been in the Champions League. He had known how how things went. Dave, you might as well update us on uh, what uh, Vitoria's uh, record is now against Porto, please. One win, seven draws, 12 losses. Okay, there you go. That's the stat of the week. Just uh, ask Dave on Twitter. Dave, what do you think? No, on Twitter. I say, on, here, I just ask in the two weeks. So as it comes closer, ask Dave. Oh, you? Dave can give us some stats on That's Twitter, it. you think? Yeah, yeah. There we go. Dave, you think that, that people are just going to naturally look for you to put some stats on Twitter? I don't know what they'll love more, me being Twitterless Dave or me being on Twitter. So throw that poll up there and we'll see what... Dave, uh, I got a good idea, man. I I think that you shouldn't engage anyone on Twitter. All you should do is just put up stats. If anyone says anything to you, just put up a stat. can't put up stats because then we can't use them here on a podcast. We use a random stat. After after the podcast, I'll put up stats. Yeah, some some random stats. Yeah, Dave, like tonight, just whatever stats you put up for today's pod, just paste them. Copy and paste them on on Twitter. Yeah, like some, some... some random stats. Be careful okay. sending nudes, Dave, on Twitter. Don't send they nudes. They go viral. If you send nudes, make sure there's stats on the girl's body. Okay. Or your body, whatever. <laughs> Anyone that asks me about being and Ajax, I tell them they, they're a very young, uh, a very young team. Uh, very good young players with a bunch of seasoned veterans sprinkled in there. Um, and this is a team uh, to be reckoned with here. I think uh, they're going to, uh, you know, give Benfica a lot of trouble. Um, I do think Benfica has the quality to to cause them trouble as well. But it's going to be one of those matchups that it's it's honestly, man, I know it sounds like a cop-out, but I'm being honest. It's one of those 50-50 matchups. I think both teams could um, could win the games and either team could come away with the, with the three points and either team could come come out of this group alongside uh, Bayern Munich. Entramos com um desafio difícil. Este, esta época, o puramente para a Liga dos Campeões, se não for e tal, nós, cheque. Feito. Né? Depois, Beleza. esses quatro jogos não contaram para nada do ponto de vista público. Uh, ah, não se ganha na Liga dos Campeões, ganhamos. Ah, não se ganha ao Porto, cheque ao Porto. Fantástico. Uh, ah, menos um jogador que em chave já não sabia defender, agora sabe-se, ganhamos. Fantástico. Cristiano Davis turned into a, a anti-Rui Vitória stat machine. I don't think it's an anti-Rui Vitória style machine. I just it's think the truth. He's, he's pointing out facts. I mean, you ask him for, you ask him for stats, and that's what he, you know, that's why he gets his paycheck from from here. The Benfica podcast is to come up with stats, and sometimes it's positive stats, sometimes it's negative stats. And yeah, but we got it. We got to give him a chance, negative. though. He, he hasn't had his chance in uh, Europa League, so he's he's undefeated in Europa League action. <laughs> Good call, Dave. You're undefeated in Europa League. 
and uh, they've uh, actually sent a, a spreadsheet-like table uh, to our email uh, with with quite a, a few stats. And I thought you had uh, you had nipped this from somebody, and I asked them. And actually, you took the time to create this. He's going to go ahead and and share this on the Bifiga Podcast Twitter for everybody uh, to see. But uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Dave will soon find out the, the good side of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I experienced it last week. I saw oh, you, you already experienced back it. and forth. Oh, okay. Yeah, Christiana was going back and forth uh, I don't know with what you're somebody. Talking about I, no comment. One of the many interactions that you have with uh, with uh, our fans. No comment. Um, so anyway, uh, so if he could drops the the first uh, three points of uh, of the season. Um, and uh, we, we had a chance to to uh, leapfrog Braga and, and be in first place. And instead, we end up in uh, third place because Porto leapfrogged both Braga and Benfica. And Porto is now uh, in first, albeit tied with Braga in points. And Benfica is in third. Yeah, I mean, when you say hate or displeasure, um, I think it's a strong word. I, I don't think. People hate Rui Vitoria. I think uh, they don't like his coaching. They don't like his coaching tendencies. They don't like his, you know, the way he manages this team, the way he sets up this team, you know. But I, I don't think it's anything about hate, Alfredo. I mean, I think that's that's too strong of a word. Um, and as you mentioned with Steve, and and you know, over the over the last couple of years, we've uh, we've all sat here, uh, and I think at at one point or another, we've all uh, demonstrated. We all we've all you know shared our, our displeasure with the way things were going in spite of victories. I mean, a lot of people are blinded by the victories. They were excited that, you know, we got the three points. And I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And when you're bringing home the Kaneku and you, you know, you're bringing home the, the, the trophy and winning the championship, you, you, you accept it, you roll with it. Okay, fine. I'm not happy about the way this team is playing. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that we don't approve of. But that being said, at the end of the day, who cares? It's about getting the three points. And that's what Benfica was doing. But we've seen a, a, a gradual decline over the last, uh, you know, three years. Take away his first year. You know, his record uh, 88 points. And obviously, he had a phenomenal year that year. He started off really bad. And then he, he was able to turn it around. And Benfica went on a tremendous streak in like 23 wins, one draw, one one loss in the last 25 games, which was fantastic. And it was enough to to nip Sporting at the end by two points uh, to get the Kaneku back and to style the lose and take it away from Sporting. It would have been their first title with JJ there. And it would have been, you know, a big party all around town. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, look, you, you got to give... Uh, Vittoria credit for that year, even though we didn't see, we did see things that we didn't like, but we didn't see the, the football that we appreciate on a regular day. Uh, that being said, ever since that year, it's gradually gone downhill. Yeah. The team is, it seems like they're out of ideas. There is no movement off the ball. Only the guys on the ball are the ones actually moving. No one's making runs. It, it just, it's gotten really sloppy. I don't know if it's because players got real comfortable with Rui Vittoria and they've tuned them out or it's just that he doesn't know better. And I mean, if you go back to three years ago or four years ago in his first year, I remember having these, these conversations like it was yesterday. I remember having this conversation with Steve and you. And I, I, I've told you all, Rivitore is a great man manager, but tactically he's missing a lot. And I've even suggested Benfica bring in a tactical genius, a guy that understands football in order to, like I've mentioned, a, a perfect example, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson never won the big, you know, championship, which was the Champions League until Carlos Queiroz got by his side. And when Queiroz got by his side, football, they kind of picked up. And, and Alice Ferguson has admitted himself on, on multiple occasions that 
he became a better manager when Queiroz was by his side. And I think Rivitore needs that. But I don't know if the ego, I don't know if if the people at the club don't admit to it. They don't want to accept it. But there's something wrong there. And, and it's just unfortunately right now the team is not playing the caliber of football that we've all been accustomed to. They're not getting the points. And so people are showing their displeasure. I don't think it's yep. anything personal against Rui Vitoria. I think it's just that, bro, the results aren't there. So, yeah. And, and one of the theories, and I kind of subscribe to this theory, is that the first year of Vitoria, uh, he took advantage of a lot of work that JJ had left. A lot of the routine, the routines, a lot of the automatisms that, uh, that were in place. Uh, he took advantage of it. And and David actually uh, had sent some stats here to our WhatsApp group. In 2015, 2016, uh, Benfica scored 122 goals and averaged 2.34 goals per game. In 2016-2017 game uh, season, 118 goals. Uh, so that's uh, four less goals and average of 2.18 per game. 17 18 94 uh, and that averages out to two and and this uh, season so far uh 30 goals at average of 1.76 so definitely a, a decline in offensive production by Benfica and we could also tell uh, by the style that's been adopted that it's a very nonchalant there, there's no urgency Benfica often uh you know, lays back and, uh, it, you know, just waits for teams to come out to them rather than, than putting the, uh, the game away. So we've, we've seen a, a, a decline on, uh, on the performance of the team since Rui Vitoria has been at the helm. Of course, as Cristiano mentioned, when the results are there and, and championships are won, regardless of how poor you, uh, you play and how you don't meet your expectations as far as the caliber of the team and the caliber of the players and what's expected for a team of this caliber to, to put out a week in, week out. Uh, but if the team continues to win, Mali Parkament, People are going to go along. Bro, I sat here week after week um, telling you that I wasn't happy with the way things are going, but I, I accepted it for what it was. Benfica was getting the three points, so I could be unhappy all I want. As long as they get the three points, you know, people are just going to look at me and act, you know, act like I'm a fool because, I, you know, I just keep bickering and bickering and bickering rather than being looking at things on a positive side. And now it's just it's gone way past that line. I think now that a lot of people starting to see it more for for what I saw a long time ago, and and it's unfortunate. I mean, the guy look, he left by the field. You know what I mean? So you have to be extra kind to the guy. If you're not sure of the value that you uh, of your coach at in December, he just finished having the 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 worst campaign, campaign in Champions League, well, and now you put a guy in a situation where he has to win four games or has to win the best of four games in order to hit those 40 million in the Champions League when you are open to negotiating his exit which means that you don't have 100% of trust in so him. again it's one of two things they didn't want to pay a guy to sit at home pay him whatever remaining three years at 1.5 mil which is 4.5 whatever the hell it was whatever his contract is right it's either they didn't want to pay him or they wanted him back. They felt they felt confident that it's he would be able other. to qualify so the team. It, it, but by bringing him back and by them telling you we felt confident, that spins the conversation in December into they approached us and we would have been willing to let him go for 15 mil. But it wasn't us that initiated the contact. It wasn't us that was looking for for you know a place for Rivitore to go. We were just being open minded. Yeah. Well, then they could sell me that. But obviously, right now, it's going to look that way because he's back. Yeah, He's back. He's still there. I mean, they brought him back. So right now, it looks that way. But we don't know 
if the reason why they didn't get rid of him is because, again, as I said, they didn't want to pay him. I mean, there's so many ways you could go down yeah. this route because there's a lot. And again, I hate to do this. I hate to do it because <laughs> I know people are going to be like, ah, here goes Chris again, bro. But here's what you got to look at, right? This situation, at least that conversation, forget w w what transpired after because obviously nothing transpired. But that conversation, us hearing that conversation between Cesar and, and Luis Fibiera, right? It brings me back to the JJ days. Because we heard a lot of rumors. A lot of people were pissed off that and JJ was, went to Sporting. And the rumor was they were trying to ship him, get rid yeah. of him to Qatar. Yeah. And so now it makes you kind of like, oh, snap. Maybe maybe they were right. And JJ said, I, I don't want to go. I, I want to stay in Portugal. Yeah. I mean, and now he is in Qatar or wherever the hell he's at now. But <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, is, this, is this something that way, Louis Vitor, that, that Luis Vieira, he's always trying to push his guys MO, out the door? Because now the people that defend JJ have ammunition to defend them. Like, look, here's another example. So they were right at the time. But even if they weren't, it leaves, it leaves a doubt in your mind. It plants a yeah. seed in your mind to like, you know, and again, I'm not trying to bring it back to JJ, but we see, is this the way that that, that Luis Fubiera is? This team should be playing better. And I, I, I for all you guys that say, well, Rivitori this, Rivitori did that, Rivitori promoted youth. Yes. But here's, here's what I'll ask everyone. With the quality of the players that we have and the depth in this squad, don't you feel, and I'm asking everyone out there, don't you feel that Benfica should be playing better, that Benfica should be winning games, that Benfica should be winning convincingly and steamrolling some of these little teams? This is a topic for, like, you know, uh, a round table. We need more guys here, right, just to have this conversation. But... You mentioned Benfica's, you know, squad is deep. Um, Benfica has the best squad in, in I agree, really good I agree. And then you look at the rest, of, with the exception of Sporting, and even Porto. Porto lost players for free. Uh, you know, starting center back left. Uh, they're not they're, as deep. They're not as deep. Sporting lost players. The rest of the league lost. The Portuguese league, take away the big three. And even, uh, you can argue, two of the three are weaker than they were last year. Benfica's definitely stronger than they were last year, but Sporting and Sporting are weaker than they were last year. There's right? a huge drop. But then you go to the other teams. They vault the port, the caliber player throughout the Portuguese league, one through or three or four, I should say. Well, Braga's now f so f five through what eighteen, right? Yeah, the caliber of player in Port is no longer there because uh, there's other leagues that are paying a lot more players. Are, I mean, look, I'm not trying to to to, to you know kick a man while, while he's down, but fact of the matter is, as I mentioned a million times, and I keep repeating it until the cows come home, which is Rui Vitoria is a tremendous man manager. He is the type of guy that you want leading your Fortune 500 company. He has the right mentality. He's got class. He knows how to speak. It's very important when you're running a company to have a face of the company that represents the, the company with the utmost respect and, and, and oozes class out of them because you need to portray that image to the rest of the world or to the investors and to whomever uh, you know might want to be partners with you. In the football world, that's terrific. That's awesome. You want that as well, but you want a guy. Most importantly, you want an X's and O's guy. X's and O's guy. At the end of the day, I don't care if my coach is a douchebag. If he coaches the hell out of my team and my team plays football, uh, you know, with their eyes closed, I don't give a crap. Look, I don't think anyone ever complained about JJ when he's looking at what's his Teddy Sheringham, whatever the hell his name was, or Sherwood, whatever the the manager from Tottenham, and he's giving them three zero. Who cares? Benfica was winning games at the time, and it was about playing quality football. And I know that he has his flaws. Say what you want, Benfica should have two more titles, and bah, 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 bah. but 
look, say it was entertaining football. We watched it, it, Benfica played very attractive football. And, and, and Rui Vitoria has not once showed that he could coach or manage uh, such soccer. He, you know, he commanded football, I should say. He, yeah. he commanded teams in such a way. And so now when you start dropping points, now it becomes a problem, bro. And I think it's it's only going to get worse from here unless Benfica goes on one of those runs like they went in the first year in 25 games, 23 wins, whatever, something like that. It's the only way because I think the pressure is only going to get <clears throat> it's only going to get hotter around them. I think the situation is going to get hotter. And I think uh, the Saucers, when we've seen it in Portuguese clubs, because Saucers run, 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 you know, run the clubs at the end of the day, they're the ones that show their displeasure or approve or whatever the situation is. And I think if this continues down the road. And the, the saucers pressure, 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 pressure. <clears throat> Luis Vibier is going to be left in all the choice. Here's the, you know, I, I'll leave you with this. And I know that I've said this tons of times here on a podcast and I've said it on Twitter. Uh, to me, the way I see it is that at, at the point where Benfica was before JJ came along, uh, Porto had gone through a long streak of, of winning championships. We needed somebody to break up their hegemony, whatever, however you say it, hegemony. I don't, I, uh, I don't even know how to say it in Portuguese in, or English. So. You needed some. So uh, we made a deal with JJ. JJ said it before he took over. Hey, that Siri, what's hegemonia? <laughs> hegemony is the political, economic, or military predominance or control of well, one this, state over others. I don't think that was Sergeant Jesus. Yeah, yeah that, control over, over others. Opa. Yeah, so... Um, The, the, the thing was that at that point, we needed a drastic change. JJ came in. He said, I'm going to make this team play the double of what they played. And at that time, we were able to get it. There, there were some struggles. But Benfica got back on top, started winning titles. We, we get tired of, of beating that same horse, but we have been beating it for quite some time now. Uh, so... Uh, we'll see what happens. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befiga podcast, episode number 300. Here we are on the big 300. On tonight's podcast, we have uh, plenty to talk about, but uh, let's start by uh, introducing everyone. Uh, we got a surprise guest for you. You'll never guess it. But Cristiano is here, Cristiano Oliveira. Hey, what's going on, Alfredo? Uh, tremendously pleased to... Uh... An honor to, to, to have been a part of uh, some of these 300 episodes here on the Bifiga podcast and uh, very happy uh, to be a part. And hopefully uh, we'll do this for, for a little while longer. Yeah. Dave de Oliveira up north. No relation. No relation, but I'm still here another week. Thank you for having me on. Another yeah. week. Another week. Does this sound like something we don't know? He's no. in contract negotiations. That's what I, I have for another week. Well, I well, mean, are you leaving? If you want to bring it up, since I've joined Twitter, I think oh. that he's been winless. So if we want to uh, do contract uh, negotiations, yeah, you could might, be the start of the week right there. You got to get out of Twitter again, Dave. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and also on uh, on a great white north, up in the great white north, Steve Santos. Surprise. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Steve, you got a pass from your wife? Yeah, I got a pass for my wife. I actually watched the game this week, or at least as much as I could stomach, and, and then I turned it off. But That's yeah. awesome. I think that uh, right now people are listening to this uh, are, are very happy to finally uh, hear your voice. Very rough couple of weeks, Cristiano, uh, for Benfica. With, uh, well, you want to dive in right into the deep sea. I Let's mean, do we, it. It was 300th episode. I mean, I thought you were going to get all teary-eyed over here. I was getting ready to get the... You know the the the, the guardanapos, tissues, but 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 <laughs> <lagrimas>. <laughs> <laughs> jumping into the deep water. Hey, 
it's you know i think it's something that's on everybody's mind i think that people are 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 bothered you wouldn't be a benfica fan if you weren't bothered by what's going on with benfica so it's something that we need to address i think that more and more people are are jumping on that uh, rui vitoria out wagon uh, that they weren't there previously uh, of course uh, cristiano has also always mentioned here winning cures a lot of things and when you're not winning now questions are being uh, asked But this is nothing new. I mean, we kind of saw the way this was going, the way Benfica had been playing. Sooner or later, uh, we were going to uh, hit a rough spell like this. But, uh, you know, so you want to get in? Well, let's get into it. I, I didn't want to get into it. Okay. But now that you just got the ball rolling, I mean, like, uh, I guess we have we don't have an, another choice. I don't even know what to say because I, I was planning on, like, playing a surprise from some oh, you got surprises. Some very dear friends that sent us messages but you, you decided All to right, well, let's jump out, off, out of a cliff right into the deep end well, and it's like yo uh like now now já tá então vamos lá pode ser manda um manda uma boia agora uma boia <laughs> manda uma boia agora uma boia but listen before we start though i just wanted to uh to share some some special messages for some of our friends uh some who uh who have uh been you know part of the pod at some point or not and others who are just common friends of ours and so i, I think it's very important to uh to share this before we we dive into the deep end, before we start really talking about the seriousness of what's going on at Benfica. And uh, so I just want to go ahead and, uh, you know, on our on our 300th episode, obviously, uh, your idea, your baby that came up with this. So got a couple of people to send us a couple of messages. So here we go. Uh, this is uh, from Serginho from uh, Conversas Benfica. Olá, boa noite. Alfredo, Cristiano, meu irmão, Dave. Uh, daqui Sérgio Engrácia, esse mesmo o autêntico, o genuíno. Estou a deixar este áudio para vos dar os parabéns pelo episódio número 300. É verdade, 300 episódios do Benfica Podcast. Um projeto pioneiro e ímpar uh, na realidade benfiquista. Espero que saibam que tenho uma admiração profunda por vocês, a forma como vivem o clube a forma como o discutem e a forma como o elevam uh, para um patamar onde ele deve estar. Para mim é mesmo um grande privilégio poder fazer parte da vossa família. E numa altura conturbada do nosso clube, uh, um amigo meu dizia-me em privado o meu Benfica sou eu, és tu. Uh, e eu trouxe esta frase para isso mesmo, é que o Alfredo e o Cristiano fazem parte do meu Benfica uh, e a distância uh, não, não, não apaga ou, ou não desvanece essa ideia que eu tenho de vocês, que continuem por mais 300, mais 3 mil ou 300 mil, 300 mil programas, porque vocês fazem falta ao Benfica uh, e são uma grande, grande companhia para mim uh, todas as semanas. Um grande abraço, com estima deste vosso amigo, Sérgio. Um beijinho a todos. See ya. Very nice, very nice yeah. from our friend. We got some more. Now Now we got the aforementioned uh, Peggy, but just to answer, Sérgio, Sérgio, para 300 mil programas para o Benfica Podcast não tem dinheiro para me pagar. Moving on to, to Peggy now. Congratulations, Alfie, um, on reaching 300 episodes with the Benfica Podcast. Um, big cheers to everyone, past and present, who has been part of the show. Um, and cheers to the next hundred. Carrega Benfica. 
That's our front page. Yeah, no, what, what, what would you like to call it? The Great White. It's not the Great White North. I mean, it's an Australian kangaroo. The Great White South. Kangaroo land. Now, this one I'm gonna let you guess because I don't think you're gonna guess this Voila. one. I think this one right here was, was particularly special because of the way he did it. So uh, I'm gonna let you guess. I mean, he's gonna say his name, so you're gonna know. But you, you get the drift. Hey guys, Nuno from Befica FM here. 300 episodes. It's almost it's almost unreal if you think about it, and shows the level of commitment and love you guys have for Befica. As you know, your show has always been an inspiration for us. Uh, Alfredo has helped us a lot in, this, in the beginning of our own project. Um, and we need at least 300 more from you guys. Uh, thank you for representing the Mafica community overseas. Your love and dedication to our club is, is truly amazing and an example for all of us. Um, congrats to all of you, Alfredo, Cristiano, to Erlis Dave, Steve, and keep them coming. Viva Mafica e vemos pelo Megabar. Grande abraço. Awesome. Machina, machina. I mean, awesome. I, th I thought it was spectacular because, you know, we've had these conversations, Nuno and I, about coming on the pies. I get about a million English, and I thought his English is better than my Portuguese. So to me, I thought it was spectacular because he's, he, you know, he, he hit it out of the park. So now, last one but not least, uh, our very good friend Patrick Kendrick. 300 episodes, a continuity that what a milestone that is absolutely fantastic achievement to all three of you and indeed everyone that's contributed along the way i'm glad to have played my part in a very small way uh, thank you for really getting me on board with uh, with benfica whilst i was commentating the games in english that was great but it wasn't until i actually got involved with the podcast that i really understood just what a great club it is and more particularly uh, just how fantastic the supporters are. And I'm very pleased to say that Alfredo and Cristiano have become very good friends uh, since we all uh, met via the podcast and via the wonderful world of Twitter. So congratulations. 300, as I said, is a massive milestone. Here's to 300 or nay, 3,000 more. Keep up the good work, guys. It's, um, it's a real commitment that you guys have and uh, I know it takes a lot of work but the results are there for all to see you only need to look at all the other English-speaking Benfica podcasts which have uh, sprouted offshoots um, what would you call them spin-offs I guess in there but there you go anyway I'm rambling as is my want but uh, Forza Benfica uh, and uh, hopefully I'll be back in Lisbon sometime next year and we can all go to a game together big shout out to uh, pete dominican republic and of course the pedge as well and uh, steve santos cheers there you go very very nice messages from 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 everyone it's nothing new i mean it, it, it's just everything amplified all, all the issues that we've had in the past are just amplified right now and it, it's it's getting to the point where where people are 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 finally starting not i don't want to say finally starting to question but are questioning rui vitoria um you see a lot of comments basically pointing fingers out he always talks about morals and, and how he's so football follow book and it shows i mean it is what it is this this benfica team i don't want to go out and say it, but it will only have success based on the failures of its rivals. So that's the way I feel. And I've said here on the podcast time and time again, it's inadmissible 
that teams of that caliber uh, of that their their championship is to to fight to not be relegated that are outplaying us during the 90 minutes at any point during the 90 minutes it's not acceptable uh, and i've been saying this time and time again and and regardless of the coach that's not the mentality that benfica should have the benfica should be basically rolling over these teams and right now the the team doesn't look organized it's not well coached and uh and we see the results now it's been a decline and look i hate uh to to beat on a dead horse you guys know how we feel about Rui Vitoria uh but uh uh we were talking here uh offline uh Cristiano and I were and uh, I was telling Cristiano how we're we're now in in, in fifth place um and, and Cristiano for as bad as he feels that we're in fifth place uh he feels that most likely it's going to take something drastic and not that we're hoping for something drastic to, to happen, but Cristiano feels that it's going to take something this drastic for changes to take place. So, uh, you know, we don't wish or, or losses on Befica or that Befica does bad. So Rui Vitoria gets, uh, gets uh, sacked. But the fact of the matter is that changes and things need to, to, to take place in order for us to change um, the way we're going. Fifth place, I know that we're, we're four points behind the, the, the first uh, place team, but we've already hosted uh, Sporting at Saluzzo. We've already hosted Porto at Saluzzo. So the second round, we're going to need to go into those stadiums and, and play. And it's not going to be easy, especially if we continue to play uh, the way we have been playing. This Rui Vitoria situation is becoming uh, unsustainable. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of signs there that things aren't uh, where they should be. This team is not playing up to their abilities. Um, and at some point, the hammer has to come down on somebody. And most of the time, it's it's the coach. He's the first one to go. It's a lot easier to get rid of one guy than it is to get rid of 23 to 25 men. Um, but, you know, Benfica will have to, you know, dig deep, have to find it within themselves to, to put on a good performance against Ajax tomorrow. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But the results have not been good over the last uh, three games, the three consecutive defeats. Uh, things just right now spiraling out of control. And at some point, if Benfica and Rivitore aren't able to uh, to get this on the right track, something's going to happen. And, you know, it, it, unfortunately for him, he's the guy on the chopping block. And uh, there's reports that the decision has been made already that he's he's not, you know, it, he won't be staying long, that they're just looking for a replacement. And, uh, you know, um, let, let me dare I, I say, let me, let me ask you this real quick, because I, I mean, I, I know that we, we've, we've, don't do uh, don't poke the bear. Don't we've, we've, uh, we've repeated time and time again that we, we, we think that, uh, that Rui Vitoria has reached the end of the line for, for quite some time now. Uh, but let me ask you this. We saw Luizão sitting next to Luis Fliviera, uh, during a game. I don't know if you had a chance to, to see that, but he was there. Mm -hmm. How much do you think of, of, that Luizão now kind of being uh, a consigliere, if you will, of Luis Fifiera and Luizão having the experience of being inside the locker room these past three, four years with uh, Vitoria, how much do you think 
Luizão is is playing a part in, in convincing uh, Luis Felipe Vieira that this is not working. That's the million dollar question. I mean, how, how deep, or I should say, how close are, are Luizão and Luis, uh, Luis Felipe Vieira to each other? Does Luis Felipe Vieira even listen to anyone else on these coaching decisions, or, or does he make them on his own? Um, you know, and a lot of it has to do also with the relationship between Luizão and, and Rui Vitoria. There's some rumors there at the end that things weren't, you know, as rosy as we expected them to be or, you know, as we thought they were between Rui Vitoria and Luizão. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely interesting, but I just think, look, I, I think people are looking into that too much. I think uh, Luis Libiera has his own people around him. He'll make the decision when he finds it fit to make the decision on the coach. I think Luizão is just doing his duty, which is, um, you know, the new, uh, what do you call it, deputy, whatever. What, what's his new role? Okay. Luizão. Sheriff. <laughs> he's the new ambassador whatever whatever is that what it is he's, he's something he's like officially that. named the he's, ambassador he's got, he's got a he's got a position right my two games for jardel cristiano two games for jardel so that means that what conti's in for the next two games what do you think yeah most likely unless he uh decides to give lamella another shot but i think it is going to be Conti. lamella what's that guy's name again it's not lamella lamella Lemma, that's it. <laughs> it was close. I'm, I'm tired. Lamella, Lemma, it was close. Uh, same yeah, country. But, uh, yeah, same country. Uh, both play the same position. Uh, <laughs> no, one's a wing. I'm talking about the two striker. I'm lost. But you know what? I'm mean, the two strikers. Where are two we? center backs. Episode 300. Episode 300. Should I play Sejin's message again? Because that's the only thing I've hit on so far. Even that I got wrong the first time. I played Peggy. Today is just it's a bad day for me. Yes. Just to it, add. A little, just ahead, a, a bit of insight. Um, between the red cards, between the comment, between the red cards and the comment that Grimaldo makes after the game, where uh, let me see if I remember exactly, he says things have to change radically. Yeah. Um, we had no responses. We couldn't create chances. That that shows me that that shows me there no. there's there's a rift there. there there is there there's a problem, uh, where you want to point fingers where what the problem is, we could speculate a bunch of things, uh, but there is definitely something there there it's not, it's not when when you see papers saying oh that there's a there's a problem between player A and player B and they don't pass to each other they don't they don't um celebrate together uh, i i think between the frustration and, and that comment i was like there's something there uh whether it's players that don't believe in one another players that don't believe in the coach don't believe in methods whatever the case may be there is there's there's an underlying feeling of, of discontent uh that i do not remember yeah, I don't remember feeling this way or, or noticing this type of thing until before we went on, on the the Tetra run and and Cardozo versus JJ. All. Yeah, coaching, coaching changes. Uh, the papers have been alight with uh, with with rumors. Uh, Sam Sam TV uh, actually said that Benfica has been talking to uh, JJ since uh, February of last year. Uh, and apparently, uh, you know, there's uh, there's some rumors that JJ might be back uh, by Christmas time. Um, 
I, I'm gonna go before you you go, Christina, because I already know how where your position stands. Um, I I want to go on record here and 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 say that I I would not. I don't want to take any any merits away from JJ. I thought he was a a, a good coach for for what he did, uh, and I think that Cristiano. We were talking before best coach or, or best coach we've had in the past twenty uh, five years. That that's put the team uh, playing good football. Uh, but for me, I think that when a when a coach's time is is over, it's over. The comeback is never the same. And personally, I would like to see somebody other than JJ. Cristiano has a different opinion. My opinion is simple. It's, I mean, I in, in my, I could just go based on, as I've stated many, 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 many times here on the podcast, based on what my eyes seen and what I've experienced in, in, in my lifetime, taking away the 80s, um, you know, with tremendous teams, making some, uh, you know, Champions League finals runs, 87, 91, 83, Europa League and all, you know, that tremendous teams, but taking away those teams, he's simply done the best job on you know with my club and that was jj i thought you know yes he you know he did have some slip-ups obviously not everyone is perfect and it just seems that a lot of people aren't really how do i put it what's 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 the way i want to put it people aren't seeing it for what it is because they're blinded by their hatred for the fact that he left to the cross town rival in sporting which is granted i understand i mean it's something i won't forgive him for I won't forgive him, you know, for doing. But that being said, I still I'm very thankful, very appreciative for what he did to my club in the six years that he was at the club. Yeah, things could have gotten better, but they could have gotten worse. Um, and so I, I think this is a a a how do I put it? It's a love affair between he and Luis Vieta. I think it's one of those things your girlfriend leaves, but you still your heart still desires her. You no matter. How many girls you, you get in the sack with, no matter what you do, you're just constantly thinking about that same girl over and over. And I think JJ is, is Luis Vieira's girl. I think it's his love. And I, <laughs> I, I do think he's going to try to make it work. I mean, he's never once shied away from the fact that he still has a good relationship with the man. He's never once, you know, turned down the, the you know, the rumor or, or any idea, the thought of J.J. returning. He's never shot that down. He's always been, you know, pretty open about um, his relationship with J.J. And I think he's looking back at those teams, at the tremendous football that they played under J.J. I mean, people forget that the shows that they used to put on against the likes of, you know, freaking uh, Juventus and all those teams. I mean, they, they you know, they played in a, in a final. Yeah, they lost. They played in a final against Chelsea. They dominated that game. Very unfortunate to come over with the, with the defeat. Went back against um, Sevilla. Lost on some BS PKs by Beto. Um, they, they, you know, with another game that they played very well in. I mean, Fika could have won. I think a lot of people don't forgive JJ for the loss at the Dragon in the 92nd minute. They don't forget the loss in the UEFA Cup uh, semifinals to Braga that then allowed Braga to go on and play Porto in the Europa League final. Porto got another European Cup. People aren't able to get over those things. But again, as I've stated before, even Mourinho has flaws. Everybody, you know, Pep Guardiola has flaws. Every coach has flaws. You could pinpoint one game or or one season on any of these coaches and say, yo, they, they could have done better. This could have been done, should have been done. At the end of the day, we have not seen anything close uh, prior to JJ, uh, close to, to what we saw under JJ prior to him or after him. 
given a preference, I would not like to see JJ back just because I feel like that cycle has come and gone. I, I feel like I know what could come from it, but I also know what won't come from it. Uh, you will not see Jean-Felix play as often. I highly doubt. I'd like to see somebody. Hey, Bruno Lage, Renat Baiva, somebody who who has an idea, a vision of what they yeah. want That's... their football to be. Uh... And I've seen short interviews with the two of them, and they talk. They've spoken more about football in those short interviews than Rui Vitoria has, has in all his press conferences, all his interviews uh, since he's turned Benfica coach, and and it's just. I'm ready for a change. Yeah, I, look, I'm, that's yeah. where I'm going. I, 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 I have a name that I would obviously love to have at the club because I, I really enjoy the way his teams play football, and I think he's got the right personality for the club. Who's that? Uh, Paul Fonseca. Mm-hmm. It, it, he was my number one choice when this all went down with JJ to begin with, but it, it was already difficult at that point. Yeah. So, but that's that's my ideal. I don't see it happening. Uh, I really, honestly, I, I think we're looking at an interim at, yeah. at this. That, and that, and that's the way I see it play out. I see that I see Rui Vitoria stepping down, uh, whether he gets sacked or whether he, he steps down because the pressure is just, uh, too much and he will put his, uh, his position at the, at the president's, uh, disposal. Uh, and then I see, uh, either Renat Paiva or, or, uh, Brun Lage taking over inter in an interim level and get maybe a, a chance to see what they could do with this team uh, in a limited time uh, to see what they could do. So thanks a lot uh, for everyone for, for checking us out and, and for, for keeping up with us and, and, and staying with us through uh, thick and thin. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you again uh, next week. See everybody. 